Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, welcome everybody to episode 16. It's George. George goes to camp. I had the opportunity to go up to the BJJ Globetrotters USA 2016 camp at Camp Wanaki on beautiful Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. Um, it was an awesome time. I got to hang out with some really cool people who I had never met before in my entire life and somehow convinced them to come on this podcast. Luckily, they all came on. Ollie Geddes, Nelson Puentes, Hillary Witt Puentes, Matt Kirtley, Eric Bydark, and we had a special guest appearance by our friend Chris Howder. We talk about a lot of crazy stuff, cool stuff, um, BJJ Globetrotters, and all kinds of things. It's recorded in a camp on a lake in the cafeteria so you get to get the full experience of what it's like to be a bjj globetrotters camp usa um hope you guys like it if you guys want to get in touch with us you can get in touch with us on twitter facebook instagram greatnortheastbjj.com click on the contact button you can hear all our awesome other podcasts and see pictures of our handsome faces It could, yeah, don't, right? We don't want to go to the quarter law, but, um, so welcome everybody. It's Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, episode 16, season one. Um, I have the pleasure of being at Camp Wanaki in Lake Winnipesaukee, New Hampshire, live free or die. Um, BJJ Globetrotters, thank you so much for letting me come up and pick Chris Howder up and, and, uh, thank you guys. Like I just dropped you guys. Pulled you guys off the mats. I don't even know who you people are. Um, but thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, we, we thought you were uh, Chris Howder's Uber. <laughs> I, I'm Chris Howder's, uh, I'm his chauffeur. Mm-hmm. I'm his, uh, his interpreter. Did you record the whole drive down with him? I, I'm pick, this time I'm picking him up and bringing him back because yeah, last yeah. year I brought him up here and oh, uh, we were late and like Christian mm-hmm. was calling me and I did like the morning of, I was like, Chris. We just trained. I was like, Chris, what time are you going to be there? He's like, I don't know. So he calls up and he's like, I think whatever it was. And I was like, holy shit, man, we got to go right now. And there's no cell phone service. So Christian's calling me and we got here and he was not that happy with me. But uh, he's better now. He, like, he likes me now again. Much better. Yeah, yeah he likes me. Um, so we got some sponsors to talk about first and then we'll get to who is here. Um, well, actually, first. I traded in my other co-hosts because they're super lame, um, super lame, and wouldn't come up with me, and I upgraded to these fine characters here. Um, but sponsors, Tortuga Soap Company, best soap you will ever have in your entire life. Ever. Ever. Made ever. with magical stuff. Ever. Makes your jiu-jitsu better. 7%. More than that. More than that? 20. With inflation. Yeah, with inflation. Yeah, I'm going to get a case yeah. of that stuff. Made out of unicorn hair. Um, the dander of gods. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> things like that. Goat's milk. We milk ourselves um, in New Hampshire. Crashkimonos.net. Belts, shirts, all that stuff. You can check them out. I know, right? we got a conflict of interest, but there's enough Ds to buy to go around, and we'll hit that for sure. Um, Port City BJJ. 
Portsmouthbjj.com, Port City BJJ in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Everybody is welcome to come train there. Three black belts. Um, yeah, except for you, man, Ollie. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to let you in. Um, everybody's always welcome to come and train with us there. Awesome place in Portsmouth is really, really cool. Um, Hooligans Antiques in Wells, Maine. Also awesome. Savage. Um, you guys should all good check. antique in there? Yeah, man. Good antiques. Good antiques. And BJJ Globetrotters. If you don't know who that is, you should check it out because... Um, that's why it make much sense without it. Yeah, there, there would be no podcast today without BJJ Globetrotters. Yeah, punch yourself first, though, if you haven't heard of it. Yeah, seriously. And get the book. Read the book. Um, so, I left everybody behind. George goes to camp for the day. Um, thank you guys all. I went training here with you guys. I drove up today. Um, let's just go around the room and you guys tell, tell, tell us who you are, what you do. What's your claim to fame? I heard you're homeless. Yes, that's my claim to fame. I'm proud, proud and ready. Uh, my name's Ollie Geddes. Um, I'm a black belt under Roger Gracie. Uh, I've been training and traveling, competing for about 11 years now. Um, and I'm pretty much homeless and I just travel and live the jiu-jitsu lifestyle. That's pretty much what I do. How many pairs of jeans do you own? Uh, about three quarters of one. It's beginning to tear right now. I'm going to buy a new one soon. You're going to make them into jean you, shorts? Oh, we, totally. We, shorts. Talk, we talked about this. You don't buy a new one. You just go to the Gap, be like, hey, I literally bought this three months ago. Don't mention it's the only pair of pants you own. <laughs> well lived in. Well lived in. Capri, Capri jeans. It's the way to go. But um, yeah, and so I'm here. I, I, this is the 11th camp that I've taught at now. I know, scary. Nice. Um, and I just basically travel to as many of these as I can. Next up, Nelson. Hi, my name is Nelson Puentes. I am the owner of Inverted Gear. Uh, always upside down. Always upside down. Uh, people like to refer to me as Big Panda. I'm try- I-, I tried to become medium-sized panda, but no, it doesn't work out. <laughs> Middleweight panda. Us. Middleweight panda. How can we find out more about Inverted Gear, man? Oh, InvertedGear.com for all yeah. your needs. Uh, at Inverted Gear on the Instagrams. Uh, hi, I'm Hillary, Hillary Witt Puentes. I'm traveling alongside Nelson here, also co-owner of Inverted Gear. Um, yeah. Are you Little Panda? Little Panda. Or Queen, Lady Queen Panda. Panda. Queen Panda. <laughs> Queen Panda. I like, I like Mama Panda. Mama Panda. I'm not really a mama, though. <laughs> <laughs> You've got time. You're closer than any of us. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except possibly. Tell us about your belts. <laughs> not the ones you sell. The ones you wear. The ones Do you have many fine belts? Where'd you get your belt? Oh, oh yeah. or black you did belts. You just as well. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, man, I'd never wear a belt. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got my black belt under Kevin Sheridan. Kevin Sheridan is an awesome guy. He's, he's my life coach, mentor, uh, role model, business coach, rabbi. Uh, rab- I'm pretty, much, I'm pretty sure he can officiate weddings, so he should have married us. <clears throat> Where's he trained? Uh, he owns a school in New Jersey, Sheridan BJJ in Maplewood. Nice. Uh, he got his black belt from Fabio Clemente back when it used to be Alliance NYC. So he got to train with uh, Lucas and Marcelo and like all these great guys. Nice. Um, I got my belt under Fabio Clemente. Um, he's actually known me since I was a white belt. Um, I have moved east, west coast, all around different states. And he's actually been the one still kind of coaching me know me from the beginning and so it was yeah it was a big deal to where do you guys live out of now <laughs> Allentown Allentown, Allentown area yeah we live yeah. in Whitehall we yeah. just moved in uh, we moved all our all our stuff into the house uh, left for two weeks to go to uh, Copenhagen Globetrotters camp nice 
Uh, I came home. Uh, I went to Paraguay with a friend for the Sambo Pan Americans. And then I picked up Ollie at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> and then we drove up here. Where so, are you from originally, man? I originally am from Chile. Yeah. Uh, my family moved here in 2001. Nice. Where in Chile? Uh, I used to live in La Serena, which is north, but I was born in the south in near Chillán. Nice. I've been down to like uh, Chacabuco. Chacabuco. Uh, oh, look at you. Yeah, man. I've been to uh, um, Balmaceda. Balmaceda. Um, I love Chile, man. It's a Chile. great place. Beautiful country. Beautiful. I had some peppers one time. <laughs> They're good, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, brother. Who, how about Matt you? Uh, I'm Matt Curtley. What was your nickname? Internet famous. Uh, well, here's World the, famous Aesopian. The one people know is Aesopian. And why it's Aesopian is not an interesting story. <laughs> okay. I, I needed a username one day, and that was the word of the day on dictionary.com. He was, I think he, you were the first person to ever produce an internet instructional. That sounds about right, right? We'll go with that. We'll, well, we're not going to fact check this. Yeah, we'll we, we don't want the truth to get in the way of this podcast. No, no, so, it was, so like I got to be internet famous in the sense that I like knew how to use a computer and a lot of black belts didn't back in like the early 2000s. So like you remember like BGA.org when it was like black background, blue text, and you'd be like grainy garage pictures of like Henzo doing something. Mm-hmm. So I just had a good camera and lost free time. So I started putting instructionals up when I was like a blue belt. So um, I remember those half guard stuff. I still use those concepts. I still remember I did, Lazy Man's London. That was you as well, right? Yeah, just grabbing the back of the collar. Yeah. So I don't know. I just did stuff and people liked it. And then uh, I just have kept a blog, asopian.com, since like 2006. <laughs> so like 10 years of blogging nice. jiu-jitsu. Um, my actual nickname, no one really knows, but this is like at my gym that I came from uh, down in uh, Clearwater, Florida. I'm Magron. 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 What does that mean? You know? Magro? Magro white. Light skin, no? No. Tall and skinny. Tall and skinny. I thought Magrino. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they've been lying to me this whole time. <laughs> that right? means something like, totally like different. different. No, yeah. I'm, Mag- I'm Magron. I'm the, I'm the big skinny. The big skinny. The big, big skinny. skinny. And next, the big skinny, we have. Hi, my name's Eric. Uh, Hi, Eric. Eric. <laughs> I run a little page called Takedown Nation. I used to wrestle in college, and it turns out a lot of jiu-jitsu people suck at wrestling. So they like my tutelage. Nice. You know, I got a little t-shirt shop. I travel around the world teaching wrestling. I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Current instructor, Joel Tudor at Studio nice. 540. It's probably the greatest place in The greatest, greatest bathroom Locker room in the history of the world. In the history of the world, I heard, I heard the legend of this. Yeah. Oh man, fantastic! Like did, nice did wooden. Have a guy to like wash your hands for you. Yeah, they okay. got toothbrushes, <laughs> and then they wash you down with the feathers from Pegasus. Yeah, they hit you with them. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing these globe charter camps. Holy cow! I've, I think I've done nine of them. Just traveling around. I'm really just a housewife. I'm not really as exciting as these people, but they you're also your free pizza. Yeah. Pizza. One more camp and you get a free pizza. Yes. Yeah, Eric Ali just celebrated his. Eric threatened me with violence if I didn't show up to this one at Pan Ams. Yeah. So I had to. I had to show up in the home state of New Hampshire. The Globetrotters camps are great. We keep getting all these wonderful instructors, just nice people on and off the mats, and that's what it's about. How did all you guys like? How did you? Initially, get hooked up in the Globetrotters. I think we all have different stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in my case, I'm, I knew Christian for a little while. Um, 
I mean, I actually first heard about him. He used to put out um, a bunch of highlight videos again before anyone else did when he was CSA.DK um, doing his traveling to competitions and just generally messing around from there. Um, I, I lived in Denmark for a little while. Um, so while I was there, I ran into him. I knew him from there. And then a few things happened. I taught at one of his when I was local. And um, after that, I basically I started teaching at his gym a little bit. And I've been hopping to all the camps ever since, pretty much. In, in, in on the ground floor or something like that. You remember MMALibrary.com, Christian's original technique sharing website no I remember he had one bitching highlight video of him and a bunch of guys traveling to Germany or something to fight and drink or oh, something right. like that and yeah that was a long time Germany? ago somewhere I don't know Prentice uh, Wits what's with how did you end up with these crazy cats uh, we came to the camp here last year and a bunch of lamos <laughs> decided not to come to the camp last minute so poor Christian was uh, scrambling to find instructors, so I shot him a message like, "Hey, me and my wife are coming. Like, you know, we're regular campers. We, we're we're gonna be there anyway. If you need me to cover a class or help out with an open match, let me know." So Christian was like, "Whoa, you guys are awesome! Thank you so much!" So like, we funded whatever we have paid to sign up, and we became instructors. We got upgraded, upgrade, and upgrade, and then he's like, "You ever want to come to Europe? Any of the European camps? Let me know." So we took him up on the offer and ended up going to Austria for the winter camp and learned to snowboard. And kind of, kind of got obsessed nice. with it for a little bit. And Chile, man, you should be snowboarding. My family never. Valle Nevado, right? Yeah, Valle Nevado. Yeah. Oh, same here. Like yeah, I grew up right next uh, to Blue Mountain, but never learned. So that was the first time I ever went snowboarding too. So it was pretty cool. We got to learn to snowboard. Yeah. It was pretty in the, in the amazing. Alps. Yeah. And then we've been ever. We went. That was last year. We've been to six camps since. Uh, we went to Austria, Greenland, Italy, Copenhagen. So it's been it's been a, quite a year. Was it official? You were the first black belt to teach in Greenland. Yes, I, I, my, my flight or flight got there a day before Christian and the rest of the, the other instructors, and the guys in Greenland. He's like, "Hey, we have we we have a regular class tonight. You guys want to come teach?" So, so, <laughs> I'll scoop Christian on that one. We stole his thunder. I stole his thunder. So I heard it's wicked scary, like flying over Greenland, like over the mountains and stuff. Well, it just it's just ice. Yeah, yeah. it's a glacier. It, yeah. There's like, mountains, though, right? I mean, yeah, there's yeah. there's, there's right. a mountain. The, the one it's thing, like uninhabited. It's the, like everything's like around like the edge of the country. Yeah, like, like the world in between. The thing that gets me is like you, you're a nook, and you're like you know you're driving around. There's like the roads, like you know normal looking roads, whatever. But the thing is, they end. They they like you know once you can't drive from nook anywhere. You just end outside the city. Like that's it. <laughs> so you you're taking a boat or a helicopter or yeah. a flight. Sounds like a great place. Yes. It's like, I wonder what people... Appreciate his family. Sounds good. Is that So is your full-time job geese, selling geese? Yeah, inverted gear, that's the only thing we do. Awesome. We, we had a school in Philadelphia for a little bit, yeah. for like six months. Uh, then we decided like it wasn't... like We really wanted to travel, like do this kind of stuff, and we were going to have school. It was never going to happen. Uh, at the same time, uh, Jerry Weiner uh, found out we were in the area, so he invited us to come train, even though we had like a little school. And uh, had so much fun training over there. Yeah, he's such a good instructor. So we just wanted we just, we just wanted to train at United. So we we ended up training there for like two years. We just moved out of there. Uh, we're only an hour away, so the plans still go to BJ United. You know, nice. like a few times. Uh, yes, no, Pete. A month. Yeah, Pete's Pete, a good guy. He's, he's been on this podcast. Awesome. Yeah, Pete's the man. Pete's awesome. Oh, Pete's cool. a good friend of mine. I love him. I love him. Every, everybody down there is amazing. 
Yeah, he's got a nice team. Yeah, for sure. I got I got into this camp through these two, uh, Nelson and Hillary, because again, I did you what you did last year, which yeah. is somebody dropped out, they need an instructor, but you guys just moved to Allentown, and I live in Bethlehem next to Allentown. I teach in Allentown. I'm sorry. <laughs> how did you move to Allentown? How did I move to Allentown? I was living in Florida. And you heard the song. And I just heard the song by Allentown. I had to move. <laughs> yeah. It happens to a lot of people, I've I heard. Bet. Billy people, Joel is a powerful, Joel, powerful man. He told me yeah. what he's saying about it. And then, uh, you know what I found out? Everything he's saying about happened in Bethlehem. Oh, no. Exactly. Did you feel betrayed? Uh, well, I live in Bethlehem, so I'm oh, you, oh, all right. So he's like, I, was like, oh, I made the right yeah. call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I was living down in uh, Clearwater, Florida for pretty much most of my life. That's where my family lives. And that's where I was training at uh, Gracie Baja Clearwater. That's where I got my black belt. But uh, my wife is from up in Pennsylvania, and she moved down to Florida for a couple of years, but uh, she missed her family, and it was my turn to move. So we moved up. Uh, I've been up in Bethlehem and Allentown area for the last three years, a little over three years. And uh, I teach out of a, a gym called Zombie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I don't run it, but I teach there. And um, so these guys let me know there's a spot that need to be filled at the camp. And uh, the, <laughs> I'm very flexible in my work because I just do internet marketing for these two also. Nice. Other people and these two. So, uh, <laughs> I'm your favorite client though, right? Yeah. I, I write for the blog. That's because I'm not his client. I get to, <laughs> I get to draw pandas and stick them on other people's blog posts as creative director. He's Photoshop the name. Nice. I could use you at Tortuga Soap Company, man. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I've drawn a lot of pandas. Yeah. Nice. And so we carpool up. Mm-hmm. Well, all you guys all drove up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys. Four black belts I, I, in the I didn't car. Drive. I slept in the back. Yeah, right? He, he slept in the back and kept asking for you to stop at CVS to get more protein. <laughs> Man's got needs. Yeah. Apparently, the only need is protein. All they need is protein. Gains, Again, bro. protein Gains. can be converted into fiber, into everything else. It's just people don't understand that. We're homeless, dude. You look like you're doing all right. <laughs> Thank you. It's pretty swole for Right? <laughs> Seriously. He's <laughs> <laughs> a homeless bodybuilder guy. <laughs> it was on the news a while I've back. seen it, but, yeah. Yeah, he Was it in France? I, I thought it was somewhere in the States. Oh, I had no idea. Absolutely, absolutely jacked homeless bodybuilder. <laughs> and he had like, need, need money for protein shakes and stuff like that. It gets expensive. Of, yes. That's, yeah. Is, is the only way you bathe the shower, is there showers and gyms? Uh, pretty much, yes. Showers and Sometimes rain. Rain works well. I'm from London, so it's not too bad. Puddles yeah. and newspapers for towels. Good. Sometimes you scoot the ducks out of the way to get in there. It's all right. I'm bringing one of the ducks back because there's protein content there as well. You train under Hodger? It's a lot of fat. Like fat? You, yes. you need fat. Well, uh, that's, that's a bit simplifying. Um, I trained under him, and I got my bubble under him. Uh, when I moved to Denmark, which was about two and a half, three years ago now, um, I basically packed up everything I had in England and left it. So I haven't started living anywhere else since then. I, so I, don't, I go back to Rogers every now and then, honestly, rarely, but I run into him more at competitions and stuff. So I mean, he's still my instructor in that sense, but I don't train with him. And I don't see him more yeah. much, to be honest. Point. Just our schedules just go off crazy. Every now and then we, we run into each other at competitions or camps or something like that. But he's a busy man, MMA champion, yeah. 10-time world champion, seminars. Because so, of cross colors week, he doesn't want you around. Well, uh, he, he's, he's never, never hit his dismay in my half-guard game. <laughs> he's been banished. Unfortunately, our names are irrevocably tied together, so he's going to have to deal with being the half-guard coach. Sort of. <laughs> Eric, Eric, how'd you get involved with these guys, man? How'd you get involved with Globetrotters? So uh, I saw an internet ad that was like, hey, go to this camp. It's 50% off. Like, whoa, what? 
I'm living in Italy at the time. It's what are you a, doing in Italy, man? That's <laughs> 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 I want to know this story, man. A lot, my life's so boring. There's, never a do lot, anything. there's a lot of strength to that. I was in the Navy for eight years, and my wife was in the Navy, and we're getting ready to get out, and we're like, yeah, we're going to go live in Tennessee. We're going to do like a normal life. We're going to have some land and some sheep and shit. And uh, then she's like, you know, I kind of want to stay in for this deployment because I did the workup, and that was cool, and I want to go out. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? She's like, yeah, make sure the house doesn't burn down. Pay attention to the mail. It's like, well, all right. So she gets done with this deployment, and then she's like, you know what? I have, like, a raging hard-on for the Navy, and I would like to be in there forever. And I was like, uh. But if you say yes, we'll go to Italy for three years. It's like, all right. Trade. Good trade. You got me. So that's when I started being a housewife. And, uh, you know, I just trained jiu-jitsu and followed along with that. And I saw this internet ad, and it was In Italy. In Italy. And I was like, well, 100 euros to fly over there and do the camp. I go over as a student. I'm there for like, I'm one of those jerk offs that's there for every class and the open mat. I'm, I'm doing bad things to people on their feet. And at the last day, you have the big open mat, and I'm start just showing a couple people stuff. And then suddenly, I'm showing like 30 people stuff. And Christian comes over. He's like, "Hey, if you ever want to come to a camp and do that, like for real, anytime." And so I came back the next immediately in the next camp as an instructor and. That was in like 2013 or something, right? That sounds a bit too far back. But maybe 14. Maybe. Well, I well, started 2012, so a year after they started. Oh yeah, yeah. Get, I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then they just keep calling me back because I make dumb jokes and have a big beard. So everybody loves that. And you have two whistles. More hey, extra, extra authority. One isn't good enough. I'm in charge. <laughs> what? Uh, so what, what? What's up with Take Down Nation, man? So. I want everybody to enjoy wrestling and be good at it and not be afraid of it. And I'm so tired of watching people I like lose because they pull guard and the guy taps your leg on the way down and they get two or they just get stuck underneath and they get beat by an advantage. And uh, a lot of times in that kind of scenario, if you're on bottom, you're going to lose. Like 70% of the first point scored makes you win. So I just started showing little little technical videos you know I put one out every Monday and then I opened up a t-shirt shop in my house like I screen print nice. do the art all dry it and mail it out from what used to be my sweet office it's now my sweet sweatshop <laughs> and uh, yeah everyone seems to like that stuff and it keeps me busy yeah you like uh, for seminars if anybody wants to uh, book a seminar or whatever man you, yeah yeah Right. Take down nation at hotmail.com. There you go. Oh, make it happen. Hotmail? hotmail. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you, Tell me what. When, when you're an OG, you're an OG forever. I'll defend him. I still actually have a Hotmail account from like yeah. mid-2000s. It's actually kind of nice. I'm I'm every the, man. I'm is, the every man. It's, like, it's actually like Microsoft Live. Got it. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him. You'll allow it. You've got to let my Bush League roots show. Like I'm proud, proud of where I'm from. Hotmail for life, baby. Represent. Represent. This is where gang signs are going down about Hotmail that you can't see. Yeah, we don't want they're, our, they're like some legit ones with that's right. fingers crossing that's right. and stuff. New Hampshire. New Hampshire style. So, um, Mama Bear. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> so, we don't get, like, most of the time, I guess, a mail or whatever. But we've had, like, last, last episode. Or we had me. Yeah. So, we're, like, I'm so psyched, like, to get, my wife would be so psyched to get the female perspective of this whole me? thing. Like, uh, I totally am. I totally am. Um, 
I mean, we get some, you know, there's some questionable guests for sure. Um, okay. But, uh, I'm ready to elaborate on that. <laughs> I, I need to go back to these 16 so, episodes now. So, yeah. like, how long have you been training and what kind of, like, what kind of, you know, how has it changed for a woman, like, to be training? Um, are there more women coming out now? Definitely. Yes, I think, um, yeah, when I started, not many women did it. It was definitely a male-dominated sport. It was pretty much when I started. It's like... You step on the mat, you're going to be treated as an equal, which meant getting my right. ass kicked. Right. Um, it's where the cauliflower came from and you everything else. You do have the else. cutest cauliflower ears ever. Oh, you're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, they're so down. cute. Not like yours, Ollie. That's gross. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get those fixed. It'll happen, it's okay. right? It's fine. Yeah. That's in, that's that's somebody in Moldova is going to look out for a It's going to be good. Sounds legit. But yeah, it's Big years. Like, don't, don't, don't throw that protein away. <laughs> <laughs> Save that collagen. Collagen, yeah. Collagen is good for you. But it's there's definitely, collagen. I've seen in like the last few years, especially with more women doing MMA. I mean, especially Miss Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate kind of paving the way. Um, seeing the grappling side of things, um, I think has gotten more women interested. And then there's also more camps, um, more women's classes available. And it's just, I mean, it's totally makes me happy to see it. It's nice to be a part of it. It's nice to set an example too. I have a lot of girls coming up to me. Like I'm the unicorn in the room, you know, like I've never, I've never trained with a black belt ever, let alone a female black belt, you know, like, so it's, it's nice to say like, Hey, like you can, (laughs) like you can stick with it. Like, and there's other women doing it too. So. And you're a killer. Like, According to my Globetrotters resume, I make grown men cry. <laughs> so. I think it happened. Yeah, well, yeah, she made me cry yesterday. Damn. Finger the wrong way. I don't mean to. As it is. Well, it's either me or you, I guess. So. <laughs> That's how it goes with Globetrotters. Apparently. That's how it goes. But yeah. Is there more like, um, I mean, how many women, do you see a lot more women coming to like, the camps? Like, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like I said, like, like it would be a time, like, at the gym, like, a lot of gyms didn't have even one female, and now you can go, and there usually is a group, like, of other women supporting each other, and the instructors have been a lot more supportive of having a safe environment, you know, it's like, their kids train, they want the moms to train, husbands train, you know, like, they have girlfriends, wives, whatever, um, Sometimes both. Yeah, sometimes both. You know. <laughs> also, I feel like, yeah, it's become, yeah, more open to whoever, wherever, um, and they stick with it. it was, especially with more competitions, too. Like, there's, there's women's divisions. You see the kids. Like, more girls are doing it in the kids' programs, too. Yeah. And they're beating the boys' butts, and they stick with it. <laughs> girls are sa- I teach kids' class. Girls are savages. Like, younger it, like girls are like develop quicker and they're like I hear more and more often like they're the most exciting matches at tournaments oh, without, yeah, uh, yeah without, like the MMA fights are a lot more technical um, exciting whatever it's um so yeah especially yeah like that's what made me think it's so groundswell oh, yeah, have you been to those camps? I'm representing girls yeah I'm a big supporter of the groundswell um, Emily Kwok Annette Stack Valerie Worthington they run they started doing I guess it as a women's camp and um, I was actually talking to some of the other campers about it because um, some of the girls that are here they found this camp just looking they started looking for women's camps maybe not seeing enough but they know they exist so I'm like, okay, well, these girls do women's only, and they started doing co-ed, but um, 
you can actually contact them about maybe bringing them and having a camp at your gym too. Yeah, it's great as I do in co-ed camps because I used to go as Hillary's plus one. <laughs> so it'd be me, Jerry, Emily's husband, uh, and like 50 women on the mat. <laughs> it's like, yeah, welcome to our world, yeah, you know? Yeah. Maybe like, yeah. Yeah. reverse yeah. sexism is real. That's right. <laughs> so I just read a book by Valerie Worthington that yeah. she just yeah. put out. It's really, really good. I mean, and yeah, those all those, all three of those girls, they're like my heroes, you know? They're the yeah. ones that I really look here's, to. Here's my plug. There we go. Hey. Training hey. wheels. Training wheels. Training yeah, wheels. I just read it. This guy sitting here decided to cover yeah, oh, so, did you really? Yeah, yeah that no way. I did that cover. It's published by Artichoke Media, which is uh, I'm a co-partner in owning that company. Nice. So Artichoke, very incestuous. That pun <laughs> name. Yeah. Uh, it just got weird. I feel like yeah. I have something to sell here. It's like Ollie, tell us about your digital downloads. Yeah, what other knee bars? Where do I go? Footlock Mastery. Yeah, Val's book. Book fast. Book. If yep. people want to uh, donate to the homeless traveling, uh, <laughs> yeah. how, where I can they do that? that? I give, I give, I give, I, me go please send yeah, a box I mean, of protein bars too. I give you a good start with. Bally was asking me about food locks, so, uh, so I told her to go to his website. Oh yeah, there's um, there's this thing called www.footlockmastery.com, which is an, um, a DVD that I put out. Nice. Well, a, a digital instruction as they are now, but DVD sounds easier. Uh, which is just focusing on straight ankle lock, which is something I, I spent, I've had a lot of success with lately, and I thought I would put out and sell um, a guide to that so you can start from basics and it would give someone a complete blueprint and game plan for that kind of thing. Nice. So and it's pretty much legal in any tournament. Yes. You know, so IBJJF approved? It's, it's IBJJF approved. <laughs> I'm an IBJJF referee, so nice. I would not lie to you. Nice. I might disqualify you, but I will not lie you to you. <laughs> with that, like people that come to these camps, like... What what do you, what do you, like you guys are teaching you guys are all instructors but like so what do you do you guys leave a camp with like something new and you're like wow like that really blew my mind like with something Every you know time. like yeah, yeah. Always. always techniques or the people or it's, well, it's, it's both it's, I mean it's, it's, the, both. it's the connections you make with people across there I mean for me a lot of the time I run into a bunch of people and then they'll say you know I really like your class you should come here and do a seminar or whatever and then. Me being me, I end up living with them for a while or something like that. <laughs> that's, not, that's not creepy. So, so you say it, all they, they don't know, but I do live with them. Uh, and then hijinks and chew and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great way of connecting with people who are maybe a little bit outside your normal area of people, but where you can suddenly, you know, have new, new training options. People saying when you're in Madison, Wisconsin, for example, you know, come down and train. Yeah. Um, and then leaving, there's also learning as well, which Nelson's going to expand on. I can see that. Enthusiasm yeah. in his face right now. He wants yeah. to talk. Let's go. I mean, Chilean. you see, you see it all the time. Uh, like Christian keeps uh, a Facebook group for all the campers, uh, BJ Globetrotters, and uh, you see all the time guys like you know met and like you know room in a cabin for five days, and then like they meet up in Europe. Like you know, one of the guys was from Denmark, so they go visit that guy in Denmark, and then like they set up another trip to Germany or whatever. Or like when they come back to the U.S., uh, all of them will drive up to New York and go train at Marcelo's or Shaolin's or whatever. And, like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great community because now whenever you travel, uh, it's a great place to be like, hey, what can I train? And then, like, you know, one of the guys that has to go to the camps gets called out. He's like, oh, these guys from over there. He's like, oh, yeah, like, my academy's here. Uh, I'll go pick you up at the airport. I'll bring you, I'll bring you, I'll bring you to class. And we, we, made, we have made use of that a few times. It's awesome. Nice. And technique-wise, like, you know, you... Like not only the classes, but you like sitting around an open mat with like all the instructors and getting different perspectives and stuff. Here comes Chris Howden. Oh, Chris Howden! He, he has house. to be a part of the the, 
We're podcasting, Chris. Come on. Podcasting? Yeah, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it live, Chris. Grab your chocolate milk and come over here. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's not fucking live. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as we did in your garage, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> we did so we you, so, so you, guys, you guys don't know really anything about me probably but normally what we do is like we go to uh, we go on the road and we like go to your gym and train and then like sit on the mat and shoot the shit about jujitsu and stuff after and it's really cool we've been to Chris's garage at the pans and did it um, that's where I met this guy I think we watched you out there competing uh, yeah, right. <laughs> what happens, man? What happens to the best of us, brother? Shame. Uh, shame. Pants went okay. Euros didn't quite so much. But uh, yeah, I ran the Gringo Gauntlet. It was okay. But Master Worlds. I got a bronze at the pants, too. Nice. Oh. I did. Nice. Yeah. What division? Master One. Master One. Master One. Middle heavyweight. Ooh, that you were extra I was, I was super jacked. What do you think competition, how has competition helped you? Has it helped you, I guess? Or? Um, it's an excuse to travel to interesting places and meet people. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it, it's, I mean, competition, I did a ton of it when I was like a blue and purple belt. I did probably way too much. I think I've had something like 600, 650 matches in competition now. Yeah, I know. Um, you need a hobby. I did. <laughs> um, I just did a ton, and it basically, I started off doing it, and then it became just what I, it, it got kind of tagged in as I was the guy who competed a lot, so I tried to live up to that and just competed more. So I did a lot of traveling around uh, UK and Europe and everything else doing that. But um, I mean, I think it's one of those things, as long as you have something to train towards, you always, you always you're a little bit sharper from there. You're, you're putting a little more work in on the mat because there's always something around the corner. You don't have to compete every weekend if you want to. That's probably too much in the end, honestly. But if you've got something happening every couple of months, you have a reason to peak. You have a reason to push yourself a little bit harder and it gives you motivation to keep going. Some guys don't want to do it and that's fine. Um, I think doing it every now and then is a good idea um, and at least you know once or twice at a belt just to get a feel for it so you know, you know you're testing yourself against other people. It's always better to have that testing of people outside the academy rather than testing yourself against the people you train with the whole same time. Guys, you know, same guys, same game. You don't want to be the home gym warrior, you know, <laughs> take, taking home goals, you know, every Thursday night. It's not quite sending. I mean, it's okay too, Eric. Um, <laughs> hey, it, it's Studio 540, man. If you take the bronze on a Thursday, that's a good day. Eric, for the record, is European champion, correct? That's one time. Yep. Nice. It's purple. It's, it's like, what, what was your wrestling record? Uh, not good. Uh, like you said, some people compete well, mm. and uh, I never did. Where'd you wrestle out of? Uh, Lock Haven University, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. And a bunny that went to, uh, they wrestled at Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. Those guys. Yeah, he was a savage. God. But in that, it's just like top level jujitsu. If you don't have the mental aspect, it doesn't matter what you do in the room. It doesn't matter how hard you're prepared. If you don't believe that you're going to win, you're going to go out there and you're going to do meh. And that's kind of what I did in college. That's why I'm a coach now, because I want to help other people do well. Is there any, like, is it, like, when people come in that are wrestlers, I mean, wrestling is obviously a good base to have for jiu-jitsu, but do you see any, like, negatives for wrestlers when they come in? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. American folk style wrestling is all based about controlling your opponent with the tightest pressure and control that you can possibly get. So even as a blue belt, I could I can take a, a club black belt and pin him down and make his life bad, but... That's not what just we're, hold him. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to finish the game. 
and that's where submissions are. And so you got to let that go, and you got to let them move so you can find openings and you can learn to play from every angle. And that's the hard part of it. Letting go of that competitive edge, because even in practice, you weren't happy if someone took you down. Never, right. never one time where you're like, hey, that was a great takedown, bro. No, you're like, next time. <laughs> next time. Vision quest. Yeah, I mean, it's a different psychology entirely. It seems like if wrestlers come in, though, and they, like, let go of the wrestling for a little while and just, like, adapt to jiu-jitsu, they can put it back together. and Yeah. And, uh, it's all about you're trained to learn moves as a wrestler. You know, you drill moves, you learn moves, and then you execute. And so you can take that ability to learn and apply it to jiu-jitsu. So you're already taught how to learn. You go in there, you learn the moves, and you have a great sense of when and how somebody's moving automatically. Weight, balance, distribution, base, all that stuff comes from the years of wrestling as well. So it's kind of like a head start and a handicap at the same time. Yeah. What was uh, Chris Hodder's quote from last night? Hard wrote it down. He's great. Hold on. <laughs> About what you're saying. Well, whilst we're shilling temporarily, uh, Matt, do you have any products out in the market? That yeah, besides Artichoke Media. Oh, yeah. Well, Artichoke, yeah. We published Val's book. My partner, Marshall, Marshall Carper, he uh, he did the editing for that. Is he the guy that went to Hawaii and wrote? Yeah, he wrote Cauliflower Chronicles. Yeah. He, uh, I guess he had, uh, he broke up with his girlfriend and just was like, I'm going to move to Hawaii. Train Jiu Jitsu as a white belt. So we got to go out there and train with uh, the Pens, BJ. Yeah. What's, his, what's his brother's name? Egan. Uh, Regan. Well, they'll, they'll name Jay. Jay. Yeah. The Pens. Yeah, the yeah. Pens. Jay, Jay Pens. You guys go train out in Hawaii. Uh, he lives in Pittsburgh now, so he's on the other side of Pennsylvania from us. He loves Pittsburgh. He loves Pittsburgh. We've been trying to get him to come to Valentine's. He no, bought a house. He bought a house on the lake. He like, has a work job over there. He has all these excuses. Um... So, yeah, I do the website stuff for Artichoke. We have instructionals. This, this I, Nelson guy has an instructional with them coming up. Do, do, do Nelson does. So the, the it's you, from Chile we love. Is it called uh-huh. Panama, Panamanian? Ooh. It should be called Panamanian. Right? <laughs> well, why weren't you in the mid-end? Well, Seriously. We came out with from Chile we love. genius, man. God, it's just Panamanian. We, right? we have a good name for the second one, though. The yeah. staff we forgot the first time. Honest <laughs> <laughs> stuff, right? That's what we like. Right? Yeah, the, the rest. so Marshall came up with an idea. Uh, so he always liked writing books, but people want YouTube videos. And uh, so the products we have are books in the sense that there's web pages with text. There's the videos, too, of the people teaching the techniques. But the thing that's the unique spot is the uh, we film the technique being done, just being done. And then you film that from three angles, and then you put it on loop. So, like animated GIF style, you can just see the move being done, being done, being done, and from all the angles. So you got reading it, watching it, watching it in the sense of hearing someone explain it, and uh, it's all online. So I have a crucifix instructional. Marshall did one uh, as like a test pilot, which is a couple different things: single legs and arm bars. That one's totally free, so you can go just look at that if you want to see what I'm. Three D jujitsu. Three D jujitsu. So it's kind of like a really advanced sci-fi newspaper. Yeah, like okay. or like in, in Harry like the Potter. Harry Potter, yeah, yeah. Harry Potter. With like the moving pictures. Yep, that's uh, awesome. So, has there been any reported seizures? <laughs> <laughs> Too much going on. Yeah, you just, you just go to the page. No, you're just, you're just like a guy doing like. Fireman's curious from three angles. You're like, ah, overload. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, filming some of my takedowns was tricky. <laughs> <laughs> my poor dummy was like, can we take a break? <laughs> yeah. It gets hard to film this because people think, like, oh, you have three cameras? You're like, no. We have one camera. We do it three times. We just turn well, 90 yeah. degrees. Yeah. Um, I would tire. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot more than just filming a DVD. So I mean, like, I mean, for spend two days and, and, and produce yeah. an hour of content, you've been going for 24 hours of filming. Yeah. Like I mean, like, he's crucifix. Uh, yeah. Download. Um, Marshall was on his knees for <laughs> like took, a whole weekend. <laughs> it took, yeah, he was like kneeling for the crucifix for like two days Thank straight. Thank you for clarifying that. Right, right. Phrasing. The thing is, uh, so that, that crucifix instructional, if you just look at the videos, it's like two and a half hours of instruction, plus everything written out and explained, plus the animated GIFs, plus you can like literally message me from the instructional for, if you have questions. And I'll answer them but, but how show. do you make any money on that that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I, I like I went and taught some seminars some crucifix seminars and I got the footage and it was just like you know what I'm going to do I'm going to put those on the end of the instructional just because so mm-hmm. the instructional has like two through bonus two, like I just added two hours to it for fun oh. so I, mean, I didn't raise the price or anything I just emailed everyone who already bought to be like hey go log in again there's two hours of new content for fun nice so that's what we've been playing with is just different ways of doing a digital distribution. We've got Val's book where you can get it as an ebook, you can get it as a printed book. Uh, there are no physical copies of my stuff because that doesn't work. We we uh, so we were gonna quote uh, before we before we started shooting yeah, again. Maybe we could yeah. get the real quote. What Come over real, here, Mister Howard. What are you guys talking Mr. about? We're talking about you actually. Yeah. Are we on film? We're, no, we're just on uh, that. Okay, only audio, break. all right. Want to sit down? We can film it, though, if you'd like. Come, yeah, come sit down. W- what was the quote? This is a quote. If I'm grappling with my eyes, I'm playing bad poker. Yes. I mean, of course, all things are within a spectrum, right? But generally, if you're grappling with your eyes, you can be tricked because the hand is quicker than the eye. And you can be bluffed. Like in wrestling, it's a very useful tool to use your hands. Like you snap over here. The minute the eyes look, you shoot. Or you do a head tap, which is both feel and vision, right? And the head tap works when both the eyes and the body are involved. It won't work with just the body feel because you know it isn't genuine enough right and it won't work with just it's that combination so yes i do believe within the spectrum of it that sometimes it's very good in training that you close your eyes and you can actually feel where you're lazy in your hips you can feel what you're i'll quit talking this is your podcast no man that was was great you're a part of it man we were just talking about um you were talking about wrestling and how one of the advantages of wrestling is when you come in to jiu-jitsu, you're already so far ahead of, like, you know, you know how to feel the balance of the other person, you know, with their off balance. Yes. You, like, your feel, like, your, your body awareness is much better. You have mat time. You have mat time. And, and it's, I always think of it as, like, languages. If you speak Spanish, Italian, or French, if you speak one of those, it's pretty easy but to learn the other ones. If you speak... Norwegian, English, and Dutch, it's a little harder to actually transition into yeah. one of the r- romantic languages. And the languages of grappling 
if you're not stubborn, you can easily adapt into. It's the stubbornness that, that stops us. Yeah. The unwillingness to play guard of the you, wrestler. <laughs> hey, you've seen the lazy cat guard in action. No. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a real thing. It's real. <laughs> Chris, how long you been? Was last year the first time you came to Globetrotters camp? I don't know. I can't remember. What time? <laughs> this time. man should be a politician. Not the first time I met you, but the first time you at one of these camps, yes. Okay. What time? And you came in, you, you dropped knowledge bombs. Everyone started standing and slowly started sitting and then started lying down. And <laughs> said, listen, listening as your knowledge washed over them. You started looking for a wall <laughs> to put their back against slowly. <laughs> because I talk too fucking much. I like your stories. I mean, if you were my wife, right? It's like, oh, God, he's going to start talking again. Right? <laughs> you guys know. Is, Why are you pointing at me? Is he going to start talking again? You're like, oh, I've heard this a thousand fucking times. What are you going to talk about tonight? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't go in there with a game plan. No, no game plan. plan. No game plan. No, can't have a game plan. It has plan. to be organic. It's, it's got to be organic. When you, when you compete, do you get a game plan? No. Fuck no. no. Not, not at all. Man, you're no. not paying attention to his story, man. I listen to him all, man. I let no, him I mean, over me, but... I might have a loose plan of operation, but it's not going to be... It's going to be the same game plan I have... When you and I slap hands in an open mat, I won't change the game plan because I'm in a now point scored refereed venue with supposedly an audience because we all know no one watches fucking grappling anyways. Boring. <laughs> right? This is what, once Chris told me you go into the match like you're two points down, I stopped listening to everything else. That's all I needed to hear. It's a way to do it. They come two points down. Especially man. if Ollie's your, your ref. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, sick, I, sick referee burn. <laughs> it's sick. It's, no, being a ref sucks in anything where you have to reward or punish or give points. It's based, based upon interpretation. Yes. 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 And um, one of my guys, in it was his. Third, fourth fight Masters Worlds you refed it and when we watch it on the tape we think you robbed him of a takedown oh which means he would have won the gold he would have went on for one more match but <laughs> but what, what I've got things to do <laughs> no Ollie though here while my guys were going that ref I go you know what I know that ref he did not intentionally burn you because it, I know that he looks to be true. But when you're on your 19th fucking match of the day and there's like exchange, 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 exchange. After a while, like my brain goes, wait, who was on top when this whole thing started again? I forget who even initiated what, what, right? And that's one of the problems with the jujitsu. Yeah. With, with the paradox of the guard. Wrestling is simple. When the smoke clears, who's on top gets yeah, rewarded push points. Push down and stay on top of it. It's simple. But jujitsu all of a sudden, because of the guard, becomes this complicated thing in which as to make it a sport in a game with a points, we start finding what we want to reward and or punish. And that starts to be get into the subjective area because 
With advantages, we're rewarding intent. We're not rewarding result. And and that's one of the reasons why I prefer wrestling as a sport, even watching it, because it is clear when somebody has scored. Yeah, you get the takedown, you're on the legs, you know, and then there's a couple little rules about where you have to be on the legs, but it's clear, like... It's pretty clear, yep. You guys both were neutral, now you're on top. Mm. And I think one of the problems we have in sport with jiu-jitsu, and it's largely because the guys who call the shots ultimately are people who do not roll anymore. I don't want to insult them, but they don't roll anymore. And... What keeps this thing honest is the mat. It's rolling. It's feeling the evolution of the game. And if you haven't rolled in 15 years and then you you see some new move, it might piss you off or it might, you know, so it becomes one of those. Yeah. And then the game's going to evolve around the rules are in place. Yeah. So how do you fix the, how do you fix the rules? How do you fix the competition? You know what I mean? I've got theories. Yeah, let's hear. I think we can do a quick uh, rap table. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you ref IBJ, but Jeff, I want to hear your theories. Um, A few things that I like. What I think there should be, particularly when it comes to there's there's the problem comes when both people are on the ground. You're both grounded in some position, and then they start standing up, and then one guy goes to pull guard or something like that. The way I think it should be, the referee should declare phases. Like, you're in the standing phase, you're in the guard phase, uh-huh. whatever's happened, and until the referee has declared that, we treat it like we're in the previous position. So, like, if you're standing up and the referee hasn't, so you've, you've come up, you know, off a takedown, the guy has broken the grips, until the referee says standing phase, you can't pull guard. You don't, you know, you're still doing the same thing. Ah, yeah. You know, so there needs to be a way that people can be informed. Yeah. That, you know? So, like, when judo or sambo, they call a hold down? Yeah, so I mean, I mean it's, it's just, but, like, for, yeah, for the transition between, like, Standing on the ground you're or whatever. Now, from that ground, point you're in groundwork. Yeah, you know, so now you're in the guard. And so if you want to, like, example, as you see in competition sometimes, a guy will jump over the guard and then pull guard straight away because he's cleared the guard. And, you know, if I haven't declared that you've nearly passed the guard, then, then why are you sitting down on purpose? You can't second guess my intentions to that. So right, if right. you jump and I say, okay, you know, passing phase or whatever, I know from that, and then you end up on the bottom, then okay, but I've, just, I've told you you've passed the leg, so you can do whatever at that point. But Particularly with the standing up, or the, you know, do, is there a grip that I don't know about? Maybe, but until if there's a grip going on and I think it's stopping there, then I'm not going to declare you're in standing and free to do whatever to score takedowns or anything else until we've got back to that stage. Things like that, where you make informing the guys what's going on yeah. and informing the informing the spectators what's going on as well. Same sort of thing. Like when someone is um, when someone's nearly scored a point, but you haven't given it yet. The ref, the, the spectators have no way of seeing that you're thinking about giving a point. They're just going to keep shouting at you. And maybe a guy comes on top and comes back, but they haven't come back on top again, and you're just waiting, and everyone's screaming at you. Right, and and sc- you, you yeah. know the points are going to change, but you can't tell people, you can't say, look, it's coming, or whatever like that, because you've got to be focused on the match the whole time. That's one thing. Also, personally, I believe that gripping inside the back of someone's pants should be illegal. Yes. <laughs> because gripping inside their... Cuffs is illegal, so why are you allowed to stick your hand in? It's a mean-ass grip. It, it, I mean, it's clearly better than every other grip yes, you can take, which is it, why people take it. Yep, so yep. why is it legal? And we also see a lot of butts. We, we and really we see lots of small, guys, small guys getting deep hands, and that's not what the sport should be about. Be for yourself. And you know, as... <laughs> I'm not looking, but it happens. That's why I in. As a ref, one of the best pe- and worst piece of advice I, I ever heard was, don't... 
think about the crowd yelling at you. Yeah. But that's easy to say. That's like saying, everybody close your eyes. Nobody think about a pink elephant. Your brain automatically will think about it. So it's, it's, it's a hard thing not to hear. And there is coaching psychology, which you do, which is does work against refs. Where you're standing on the edge, like I will say, like my wife was in a match at the Worlds. And I don't know if the girl was necessarily stalling, but she wasn't really doing anything in my wife's guard. So I keep saying, don't worry, she's stalling. She's stalling. So I'm putting that in the ref's mind. I think you did that with me as well. I want it in the ref's mind. It's now, like, even, it, even if they're not, the ref is going to start watching her stalling. Even if they're teetering on the stalling thing, right? And then if my wife hears that and she starts putting on climbing arm bars, whatever, it's clear who's not stalling. And then it sets the ref's mind, which is like, I mean, in some ways, if we want to think of the IBJ thing all as a game, we have to include that the game of IBJ includes the fact that if you're not wearing the patch of the referee's school, then you might. (laughs) (laughs) All these like. I'm walking away from the podcast. <laughs> then you might want to think you're two points down. <laughs> right? Just saying. You know. Just saying. That patch could turn, be two points. In turn, it goes the other way. When you end up reffing your own teammate from there, you're aware of the fact that that's the perception. So you end up actually reffing against your own teammate. But that's because you are fair. It's a hard life, but yes. And <laughs> I don't want to put a blanket upon any group here, but there are groups that do, are not fair. And um, and they are clearly biased towards certain uh, patches and affiliations. Clearly, accents. <laughs> How do you pronounce the R? <laughs> <laughs> what about one of my ideas? Like, I think it could work. Is I think was, at some point we might have to penalize the the guard pull. So if you guard pull minus one, absolutely. And get, I think minus one for guard pulling, get rid of advantages, is an easy way to see a lot more action on matches. I think it should be, and I've heard equally valid arguments as to why not. But I think the guard pull should be minus one. I think any time that you are a bottom guard and you wind up on top, it doesn't matter how. If you wind up in cross sides, it's three. If you wind up on their back, it's four. If you wind up in a mount, it's four. And the back should be worth five if you're on top back and they're sprawled out. Mm-hmm. And, and any throw where your opponent's hips or knees clear the level of your hips or knees should be worth three. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amplitude. Amplitude. Amplitude needs to be rewarded the way it is in the judo and greco. Yeah. I mean, like a big throw should be rewarded more than a tripod sweep. But here's the problem of that. Here's the problem of that. Now Ollie, as a ref, 
suddenly has to become a measurer <laughs> in the split <laughs> second. <laughs> well, while I'm running around, whilst I've just backed into the two guys on the mat next Right, time, now he suddenly has to... hit me. Yes, and, <laughs> and now he... And then everyone's <laughs> yelling, where's the three-point throw? And he's like, you know... I didn't see it. I was busy you know, not getting hit by them. One of them landed on my foot. It hurts now. We're still going, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, agreeing to that, I mean, I've, I think the rules they used to have for feeler grappling when it first came out yeah. was, I was two for a takedown, yeah. three for a hip Feel throw, long. four for a shoulder throw, basically, yeah. from that. And that's you know, kind of cool. And that seems, that seems legit, and that seems fair. So, um Additionally to that, I mean, what you're saying, expanding on that, there's a big thing for just positional-based scoring system. As you said, you know, the idea of passing the guard and you can't score points of being reversed from side control and things like that, it shouldn't really matter. The rule, you know, if you go from, if you achieve a dominant position from anywhere, you should be awarded for achieving that position. If you did it in the wrong way, you know, so what? You ended up where you were supposed to be from there. I know it's supposed to promote good yeah. jiu-jitsu and whatever, but... Again, there's, t- there's tons of technical ways you could go from bottom side control to top. You don't have to just grab the guy and throw him over you. You sure. can. Yes. But, you yeah. know, there's, there's plenty of cool... I mean, if you did that, you know, you push their elbow, you spun around, you took their back. Okay. Know, nothing, you know, whatever. But All right, I have an interruption then in this. Okay. So what is the point of this? What is the original intent of all martial sports? So enforce it- good habits. Well, to Enforce good habits for what? Street combat? Hand-to-hand combat? War? Violence. What? What is the original intent? And that's what... How much should we make it to mimic a one-on-one no-rules fight? How much do we make it to be a sport to preserve a range of combat? Greco clearly is a sport and modern... But, but judo engineered to preserve one specific rage, which is the upper body clinch and throw. That's it. Yeah. So it is far removed from the original intent of one-on-one combat. So how far now is sport, but jujitsu, much like a collegiate wrestling, removed from the original intent of one-on-one combat? That's the question. Boxing. How far has the glove... And the no kicks and the, and the breaking of the, the clinch, clinch removed us from its original intent to preserve the art of the hands. Good point. Nice. <laughs> Boom. Boom. What about what about uh, EBI rules? What do you guys think about EBI rules? I don't even understand them. <laughs> <laughs> I understand them less than I understand IJJF <laughs> rules. <laughs> Um, there was a, again a suggestion that a small grappling comp in the UK does that does invitational events from that they have a thing at the end called a submission shootout which is basically five different submissions that you lock your opponent up in and if they get out then you know that if you, if you successfully tap them that's a submission if you don't it's not and you go best of five across the five different submissions they're intended not to be like ridiculous things but you know it's intended to be things that don't cause injury so it's have a triangle fully locked up you start with the back it's things like that so you're expected to get tapped but at least it you know it doesn't have that, in, that, that option that you have in EBI rules of just stalling it out and getting ride time, yeah. which well, is the only problem with it. The problem, that side, it makes good matches. The problem is as long as we have competitors, they're going to figure out how to game whatever game they're playing. Whatever rules that you're going to have, you're going to yes. have the guy that just figures out a way to ex, like, you know, extract as much advantage from the rule set they're playing. That's right. So, like, Exploit if you have- and cheat as far as you can without being caught. 
That's how we get Donald Trump. <laughs> wow. Our next president. <laughs> Had to say it. <laughs> Had to get that in there. Had to say it. So like you would be asked. If we allow lying and cheating. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys have got Donald Trump. We're leaving Europe. It's just yeah. all going. Yeah, it's all going. Yeah, yeah, right down, down from that. Brexit for life. Yeah, but the so EBI said the the problem with with that is like some guys would go out there, stall, and then try to win on the submission the submission end where the trial is an Aubrey Dobby. They, they right? get they get in it. The get, worst rules ever. Yes. By the way. Oh, Abu Dhabi rules are a mess too. But I mean, at least mm-hmm. the, the one thing about Abu Dhabi rules, it kind of forces people to wrestle. And we also and then and then like we we watch it's like oh this is terrible wrestling <laughs> this, is, this is so bad this is so bad and then yeah. like, oh make it at did he fall down or was it a single leg I think he got really tired he got stepped on I, I like this clinch but, but it out. entertains wealthy Arab royalty so <laughs> now let me ask you this what do you think about jujitsu in the Olympics. I think it's going to happen <laughs> when somebody pays a lot of money to make things happen. I mean, these guys can make it happen, right? The guys in Abu Dhabi. You want to hear my fucking quote on that one? Yeah. Jesus. Oh, he- oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Six years after jiu-jitsu becomes an American high school sport in the AAU, where jiu-jitsu season starts when wrestling season ends, six years, it'll be an Olympic sport. Because it's going to take... I hate to say it, be all pro-America here, but it's going to take America to eliminate the corruption and have the political muscle, the political muscle, which is corruption, <laughs> to push it into the corruption Olympics. Yes. <laughs> the thing is, like, most maybe people, Russia, but uh, I, like, I wrote, I wrote, about, over there. Like I wrote I mean, about this. One of the yeah, problems so is I ghost wrote that. You can, like, yeah, Matt, Matt edited it. Uh, the problem is we don't even have like a real governing body. No, like no. the IBJJF is not real. Uh, they're not a nonprofit. No, no, no. To be acknowledged. That's by the that. thing. You see, now I, I'm no anti-capitalist at all. I but mean, jiu-jitsu is and was in Brazil a private sport for the upper class. There is a reason why armies of blue belts fly to America to compete in the pans and the worlds. And there is a reason why they moved them here because if uh, their their upper class is who does it, whereas in America and Europe it's mostly working class, and we can't just fly three times a year over to the Brazil, and so it's it's there's this thing, and in America it is basically a private academy sport, and it is one of the more expensive martial arts out there. It, it's not pay 40 bucks, here's your uniform, and you get a train all the time. Where, so, when I was a kid, it was 150 bucks for a year, Judo. Yes. I paid 150 yes. bucks for a whole year. For a year. Yeah, and that was, you know. Now, years, and you get years. insurance. Yeah, you get insurance, <laughs> too. You get a little Judo passport. Well, I think all of us, we, we are, I mean, I know that I earn my living from being a but jiu-jitsu guy, I don't make much. There's 52 weekends a year. I can only teach 40 of them. And you, you do the math. I'm not making a lot of money. I got a lot of perks, but I'm not making a lot of money. If you want to make money in this, you have an affiliation. You have people paying money up a food chain where you are doing nothing but being a guy on a poster 
with your arms crossed <laughs> and a bunch of schools and everybody's under you paying you money. Squad goals. Who's nailed that model are the Koreans. Really? Taekwondo. But, but Taekwondo. Yeah, okay. Oh, the yeah, fuckers at the top of that <laughs> chain are killing it. They're killing it. And it's an Olympic sport. Yeah. They've clipped it on both ends, on the public and the private, that those motherfuckers are good. <laughs> Their martial art might See, suck, but God, they're good at business. The good thing is I can say anything on this and it'll be overridden by everything you've said, so I can just go wild. That's all it. Say whatever you want, man. Say whatever you want. Say it. Do you remember when Chris it. said that? Don't hold yes. <laughs> yes. What did all he say? I had no idea. <laughs> Away and I want Ollie to fucking close it by telling everybody how full of shit Chris Howder is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What time is it, by the way? You have a class to teach in a minute. Do you have the energy for that? Five o'clock. The time right now to recharge. Uh, it right. is five. You're yeah. six. You're fine. You got. You got time. You got time. I can run on one meal a day and one hour of sleep after a 25 mile fucking road march. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful. Machine. Machine. Wait, wait, wait. Talk about rules. 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 As a wrestler coming into jujitsu, I was just amazed at how lazy the jujitsu tournaments are. Hey, we all were wrestlers coming in. Well, three of us, right? What? Yeah, so you get out there and you go with your wrestler mentality and then you like stomp a dude like 28 to nothing and you're like, oh, that was pretty good. And he's over there in a puddle and he's still drooling. But if you go in there and he just lays there and holds you tight, no problem. The the stalling is, but it's part of the game. I mean, the guard is the stall so you don't get beat up. Like that's the point of it. So I'll last. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. come in with that mindset and then, well, my new game plan is to lay there and hold on really tight. Like, uh, let me ask this, guys: Why is it even fucking important that we entertain a crowd? That's what I was going to talk about. Fuck them. They're just watching. Fuck trying to make this a spectator sport. That's what's ruined MMA. Is because they want it to be exciting. That's what turned submission wrestling, but catches but but catch can wrestling into professional fake wrestling is to make it a show for the fucking idiot. <laughs> Well, the guy that's never watched anything grappling wants a good show, and you go out there and that's right. They've never participated. And what was an effective, real submission wrestling in Europe and America and England? Which is sort of in Europe, but not quite. Kind, yes. Right now, you're on your own. If you're America, Europe, England's part of Europe. Even though you Brexited, we we haven't Brexited. Yeah, it's coming, possibly, maybe. No. So politics into I say I, I say fuck the spectator. Fuck the system. They're not watching anyway. Well, isn't that like what messed up judo was they made the rule they made uh, it a martial art into something for the Olympics. If you want to watch a sport to be entertained, go watch basketball. You don't even have to play it and it's entertaining. Well the problem with judo is the Russians started winning too much. Ha! Too many double legs. Oh, too many right, double, double legs, legs. too ah, many katagurumas, too many, legs, too many pickups. So the Japanese were like, hmm, everybody's hunched over now to stop the Russians. Nobody's playing Japanese style, standing straight, so the Japanese are not doing so well anymore. Oh, isn't the Fuck French that. who run most of the... Yes. It's, it's and the, the French, French run the, everything, first of all. Somehow. FIFA, FIFA, FILA, everything. They run all the grappling uh, organizations. Maybe that's, that's the solution. We give 
But jujitsu over the French. Well, they they go in they go in and they're like, we have judo groundwork tournaments now. We got our own thing now. That's not fair. Right? And there yeah. was a tournament. There was a tournament. Wow. I'm, a, I'm a yellow belt in judo. I will go win some stuff. <laughs> I do that. I'm ready to dominate. <laughs> but uh, another, another quick thing to go back to the rules. Um, to use an Eddie Bravo quote, um, I'm not sure what this quote You're is. You're quoting like one of the greatest philosophers of all time. <laughs> uh, something like, if I, if I pull guard and I do everything I can and at the end of the match I'm still on the bottom, then I deserve to lose. Because I chose where the fight was going to happen and I failed to do anything with it. I think so. So that's, that's where the minus one can come in as a philosophy yeah. from that. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, if I, if I pull guard and, you know, I, I can, I mean, I had one match, terrible, terrible match where I basically, I got a Kimura and I held it for six minutes, which means I can't be called for stalling because I'm attacking a submission and he couldn't get out. And so I won because I had a Kimura for six minutes, but I still put the fight there and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But in a, you, if, you, if you pull guard, you voluntarily take bottom position and you can't do anything with it then you just have to lose. And they used to kind of have it back before there were advantages. And there's tons of ways to score them without doing anything. I think it was still IBJ, JF, even when I was like a purple belt and a brown belt. Like I remember when they were still arguing over rules. And it used to kind of be when the match ended, who was ever on top, if it was 0 0, whoever was on top won. Yeah. So, and. I kind of liked that. Like maybe it was only for a couple months when I was doing it, but I, I thought that was a pretty good way to, but then that does also invite a whole other strategy of stalling, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It does invite, and what they're trying to do again is we're trying to put rules and make order out of chaos. That, I mean, that's ultimately what we're doing with all of combat sports is either creating a rule system to make order out of something that really you cannot define in black and whites, especially jujitsu. And we're trying to apply that to a sport that's changing and growing as it actually happens. Right. Even so you've got to sit there and go, okay, we don't really, this brand by stuff is new, but um, we're going to try and apply all the previous rules to it anyway. And so some things work, some things don't, but again, there's so many changes. Like the esteem lock, which is still the thing I get the whole questions on the whole time, and you start getting to your saddles and you know sambo shenanigans and stuff from there, and people shenanigans, are, you know, shenanigans. Uh, like the esteem lock, you know, came out of nowhere. I'm like, well, what do we classify it as? And the rules say that there's things for toe hold, things for knee bars. It doesn't really say twisting foot lock. It doesn't say what's straight and what's not really. So you have to you have to shoehorn the rule set into okay, what's happening? Okay, the foot is being twisted. Okay, so it's a brown belt technique, but initially it was a white belt technique, and that was the official rule for like six months. You could shatter someone's ankle, and there was, there was no... A lot of people still don't know that, so people still do it now. I've refed matches at Purple where a guy realizes he's losing and dives in the steamer lock at the end, you know, and he doesn't finish, and afterwards I go, if that had worked, you would have been disqualified. You lost anyway, so whatever. But, right, you know, right, people, right. It, it becomes something people aren't sure if it's legal, but in the pinch they'll go for it because it works and it's violent and it hurts people. Woo. America. Yeah. <laughs> America. <laughs> Manifest destiny. It's, uh, it's yeah. just so hard to get a rule set that works because of how people would always just find a way to take advantage of it. Yeah. I remember when like Metamorphs first started getting big and people were like, yes, submission only matches. And then there were a bunch of boring ones. Yes. <laughs> 20 minutes. Believe of me, even as the ref, a lot of them were fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> the, the worst fight ever. Chris, I have a question. Yeah. Did you get paid for that? 
Yes. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> You're one of the few. <laughs> me, me and Ollie's been waiting for our check. <laughs> Are you guys waiting? Excuse and me. And Hillary. No. Excuse me. Uh-oh. Us. We count as one check. Everybody a, discounts the women all the time. Oh. I was going to say, I'm the one who was refing on camera. Oh, so. oh you're Excuse the star. Me. You're I, don't the know, I don't know how you are I'll say I one. documents. <laughs> Here's one thing that I'm going to say in defense of Halleck, and not just because I'm Halleck's a friend, but I do know that Halleck did not make money every single one of those. Mm-hmm. Now, that does not excuse to not pay the talent. You pay the talent first, even if you eat shit. It's just like when you're a, a contractor on a roofing job. If you fucking underbid and you ate shit, then you pay your workers first, even if it means you starve. But I do know that there were times where he didn't have the money. Now, people go, well, why couldn't he have gone to his brothers who, who make 80 grand a month with their online blue belt test? Or whatever it is, right? How come Carlinos is a multi-whatever an heir who owns IBJJF, Bob, thing, and his brothers have to borrow money from Higan Machado, who's also broke? Right? Um, So, so, I mean... Sorry, Higan. (laughs) No, I love Higan, but like... Keegan was one of those nice guys who gave jujitsu away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not, is, some people would say, oh, that's dumb. Some people would say, oh, that's guys. Like, again, we're back into a whole philosophical thing. Like, like I'm, I know people who are my, even my students who charge more for a, a private than I do. And I'll think, God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> And for a while, I, people would be like, hey, can you do a private? And I'd be, yeah, just come over and roll. Because I want to roll somebody, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Eric like, goes, hey, Chris, would you do a private with me? I'd say, just come over and roll. <laughs> because I, can, I think of him as a peer. You know, yeah. Let's, uh, but, but because I think too pure about You're not going to monetize him? <laughs> you can't monetize him. You can't put a price on him. Look at his beer. You can put a price on him. Yeah, that's it's actually a really small price. <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about before? Uh, oh, I, I sure fucked that up. Dude. Oh, man. Oh. Seriously, dude. Oh, mic drop. And he's out. Did anyone know? <laughs> he's out. Oh, he's back. He's back. No, he's back. No. <laughs> he came back to drop the mic now, again. So what did, you, what did you guys do? Did you guys ref? We, uh, Ali uh, and Hillary were I just asked a question. I was, I was, I had no political ambition to ask him a question. I just asked a question. Okay. <laughs> no, like they, we worked, there was a, the challenger events. Oh yeah. Here's the thing that sucks is like Nelson and I actually stepped up last minute cause his original hirees to do the, cause it's a, it's, I guess for every, um, challenger, it was like three people. Like somebody's filming, someone's bracketing, someone's refing. And somebody and dropped out. Like, and like, so people dropped out. We stepped up, and it was just kind of like to the first or, yeah. to, to help run the event. The yeah, because it, wasn't, it yeah. wasn't a spectator event, so it's like they just needed a team to facilitate all the competitors coming in. So, so that, that was a year ago now, right? And the thing is, it was like right off the yeah. bat, like we talked to like Halleck directly, now. and he was like so happy, and he was like, I'm going to pay you, you guys, guys like, and him. this and that. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, we were charity events too, and it's like, it's, but it's honest about it. And that's the kind of thing. It's like, okay, you're going to get paid in a week. Okay, you're going to get paid 
next time like like it kept pushing it back it's like just tell us if you don't have the money and it's not going to happen or something or like tell us like you don't know because there's been problems with um signing people up pay like trying to refund them trying to still pay competitors from a broadcasted event it's like he wasn't honest about any of that that's what really bothered me the most yes it's like you just kept sticking around with lies and then he makes a commercial that 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 pokes fun at not paying people Right. So that's just like that. You can only make that joke if you've already paid the people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's like, did you really? Uh, like, yeah. I'm gonna send him a text right now. Thank you, Chris. Right? Get go. these guys Chris, paid. Chris is my collector. That's right. That's right. Well, so, finally, oh, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like the the the, the cherry oh. on top was he actually did, I guess, send a check. Don't. Don't tell people that. Sorry. Um, anyway, <laughs> never so, mind. You I'm, can't speak bad about royalty. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, if it wasn't for the graces, no shishitsu. True. What about Fada? Oh, oh, another can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is getting good, man. That's a good can of worms. What about Fada? I mean, GFT. He didn't have enough sons. Yeah. He, yeah, he didn't have the same days. belief system. In two generations. Yes. Boom. Boom. Yep. He didn't channel enough Peruvian spirits. We're going to need a 50-gallon drum of aloe for everybody to <laughs> swap these birds up a little. <laughs> uh, do you think, I mean, since you were talking about charity, do you think there's like a, uh, do you think when someone, like, I'm not saying it should be a requirement to get a black belt, but should there be some kind of like, hey, you know, you've performed like, Charitable service things for people as to get a black belt, you know, should that be a requirement or like, like, like a scout badge? I mean, you know, like, yeah, not like that, but like, I don't know, like, it should be a requirement to be like a good person. Yes, like, I don't know that well, you just instructors are in a position. Now to we're back in the same subjectivity of an advantage. Yes, mm-hmm. what makes a person good is relative to the culture and time period in which they are in, right? I mean, it. it's I I mean like I have a lot of debates with some of my intellectual friends whom I very much respect their logic and intellect and who do not believe in any such thing as moral relativism and I see their arguments I see the strength of their arguments I see, see the logic but there is to an extent everything is a spectrum and there's a spectrum of morality within everything. But, but, but Thomas Jefferson, in his day and age, was what would be called now a liberal, a bleeding heart liberal. Now, looking back, one could say, no, he was a slaveholder, conservative, misogynistic prick. <laughs> but he was as good of one of those as you could be. <laughs> he was one of the good ones. He was one of the better ones. He treated his slaves nice. Nicely, you know, like, hey, could you please do that? Did he impregnate his slaves? Yes, he did. I thought so. I thought so. He was sharing the love everywhere. Right? He treated and them well. Uh, are, you, uh, are you still working Hillary with Hillary should be subjected to her husband. My wife always wants to kill me when I stay there. I'm kidding. You still, uh, you still working with Sam Harris? 
Sometimes. Yeah, I was writing to him back and forth after he wrote a couple of jiu-jitsu articles. Yep. Or more, not jiu-jitsu. He wrote about self-defense and included jiu-jitsu. He's had a bad hip and some, you know, just he has a hard time getting on the mat. And when he does, it's he's mostly, so he has a hard time driving all the way to me back and forth. So. Gotcha. I have a question for you. Yes. Um, what do you think is the secret to being able to train jiu-jitsu for a long period of time? Not that I'm implying, of course, that you train for a long period of time, but longer than some. I think ultimately it's it's a passion for the art more than the sport. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that you're not still heavily involved and love the actual sport. Mm-hmm. But I think if you focus on the art, the art being how do I control and submit my opponent in that order, utilizing the least amount of athletics and the maximum amount of knowledge, cunningness, and guile. I think that is a more self-preserving path than how do I control and submit my opponent using all of my knowledge and the maximum amount of my athletics. And chemicals. And modern science. Chocolate milk? <laughs> chocolate milk's legal. Chocolate milk is Water milk. hasn't banned that yet. Chocolate milk a performance-enhancing drug? Uh, the, the, the greatest post-workout I think it is. You can have. It can be. There was an analysis a while back that a bunch of, you know, grad students did for years that found out that like eating a salty cheeseburger and a and a sweet drink after a hard workout is exactly what your body craves and needs. Huh. Words to live by. Right. Words yeah. to live and, by. Even if, and even if not, those are beautiful lies. <laughs> <laughs> My self-esteem just went up 17% off that. I was like, you know, it's okay, man. Yeah. You're doing, doing the right, right thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing well. You're doing well. Now, if you're not exhausting a ton of calories in a combat sport, and you eat three of those meals a day, and four giant Slurpees, you're probably fucking up. It's <laughs> like not 100%. 85. 85. You fucked up a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, that's trademarked. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Trademark consideration. <laughs> I'll just walk away or I'll keep hogging the fucking podcast. It's okay. We've got unlimited time. That's how you get more that's listeners. That's right. We're no one's here to hear us. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, we're going to finish this podcast. We're going to publish it and everyone can listen to it while they drive home from the camp for <laughs> yeah. like six hours. Right. Yeah. And you're like, God, that with Chris Howder's nasal, he interrupts everybody. <laughs> what do you think about Gary Johnson? What belt is he? <laughs> That's all we're going to get Since we're Has talking about Thomas Jefferson. What do you think about the third? Libertarians. You know? Libertarians, much like libertarian purists, much like liberal purists, I love the ideals. But I think there is a naivety. I think there's a reason why Exxon is so down with libertarians because it means we don't get regulated and can go right. fuck you and spill oil all over you what's the difference between a libertarian and a liberal I don't know we have we, these we, terms we, we get, we get into weeds the, here the, the, that's a deep topic okay. and Never there's mind. graphs and all this stuff but, but if you go to a um, a like a um, what's that hippie fest they have out on um, Burning Man Burning Man that is a place where you will find this odd convergence of libertarians and liberals in the same thing, because unlike there's the, 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 there's amount of anti-establishment streak within them both, right? 
there's an anti the man, whether it's Wall Street, government, corporations, whatever it is. I, we don't want the man saying what we can and can't do. So they have that in common. But they often, the libertarian will much more see the state as the problem, whereas the liberal much more sees the greed as the problem. It's, it's like to a liberal, they rank greed as a higher sin. To a conservative, they'll rank sloth as a higher sin. Mm-hmm. Whereas a liberal will, will excuse sloth much quicker than a conservative will, and vice versa with greed. It's almost like, you know, the, but greed is good speech. Gordon Gecko. Gordon Gecko. That movie was written by a liberal to expose how awful greed is. Yet, there is a certain wing of far-right conservatives who use that speech almost as their motto. Go figure. Speaking of movies, if you guys have never seen the movie What About Bob from like the 80s, Bill Murray... Uh, Richard Dreyfus filmed right here in Lake Winnipesaukee. Oh, really? Yeah, man. What about Bob? That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Baby steps. History. Baby Mystery. steps. Wait, Lake Winnipesaukee history. What about Bob? So now I'm going to go rent. What about Bob? <laughs> it's actually a good movie. It's, I mean, it's, I remember, it's, a, lesser, it's a lesser known one of Bill Murray's. Some people know it. I don't know. A lot of people don't. Netflix. It's like my wife's family's favorite movie, so I hear quotes from it like every oh, day. Oh, man. It's hilarious. But they go to Lake Winnipesaukee. In the movie. Yeah. That lake. That lake right there. Yeah, we just swam in. Okay, here's my last line. So we, libertarians are like cats. They, <laughs> they think they're completely independent, yet they're totally dependent on everybody and everything around them. Mic drop. Mic drop. They're like Chris cats. Chris Howder. Chris Howder, everyone. Chris Howder. He's going to go get some chocolate milk. Oh. He's got, that was just a warm-up for, for the speech he's you about to give. To go. Yeah. So, half an hour, you're on. He's going to be all burnt out for that. Liberals <laughs> are like spoiled poodles. They know they're dependent on everything around them and say, give me more. Just give me more. <laughs> you, the next speech we got to film is going to be all fire up now. Right. Um, I think so we have got a topic slide. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> we had a topic. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had no topic. Yeah. Um, so what's next for all you guys? Like, what are you guys all uh, like? What What are you guys up to next? You know, after Globetrotters, like, what what happens? Is this- um, I'm staying home for six weeks because I just moved into my house and I, I think Ollie has slept in there as many nights as I have. Ah, nice. So we stay home for six weeks. And we're taking a big trip to Asia. We're going to go to uh, Guam, visit our friends at Purebred in Guam, nice. uh, go to Korea, and go to Japan. You got, got new new gear coming out? Like uh, We finally upgraded the or like baseline. is like the Pearl 550 GSM weave. So we call it the Panda 2.0. Yeah. Now it's Panda 3.0. Nice. So those are getting finished. They're going to land sometime in November. Uh, me and Hill have been winning the samples around. Got some compliments. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys over here? So now that Nelson's living uh, in the same town as me, we're trying to start a Sambo movement. S- Sambo Sunday, I bet. Uh, some uh, BBJ. Some Kirkas. I want to go. <laughs> you start driving, <laughs> you get there like in a week, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I think it takes about five days. It does. We have a guest bedroom. We call it the Eric room from now on. Nice. Someday. Uh, yeah, I just work on. I've been trying to work on takedowns since I'm the stereotypical guard puller up until this year. You, you, I, I, how long you been working on it? Uh, ever since I went to that camp with Riley. So that was early. In, that was like March, right? No, February. 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 February this year. And like I've seen you like drilling stuff, and like we've been talking about it, like you know, at open mat and stuff. And you look so much better than you did. How many six months ago? Good to hear because I've been working on it for uh, yeah six six months. Ever since that camp, the camp had what almost no takedowns, but I shared that Airbnb with you and Riley and Hillary and Elliot, and, and we kept throwing each other in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> we broke a coffee table. <laughs> For real? No. We wouldn't get our star lifestyle. That was between Magic the Gathering rounds. No, we just drafted Magic when we were there. But no, just talking to Riley. And then I ha- and then that, that last day, they did the Sambo tournament, and I got to wear a Kurtka, and we got to do, I did the, the basic training with Riley, and it was just really fun. Nice. Yeah. And the Sambo rules are really fun. Some if yeah if you guys listen it if you get a chance to watch some Sambo, uh, do Sambo it. Sambo Vision on YouTube. Sambo Vision on YouTube bet. has great stuff. Fias is a you know, the international federation that controls the Sambo. They what put makes good it, stuff up. What makes it cool? Like, Very little stolen. Yeah. Oh man, they do not like. They do not let you stall. They do not let you stall in that sport. And wow, man, huge throws. Uh, there's limited time for groundwork. So when they go for submissions, it's a hundred percent on it. And like you know. Leg locks, uh, scissor takedowns, crazy rolling knee bars, fine arm bars, uh, reverse omoplatas, Russians that have something to prove. Uh, <laughs> I remember I was stuff. showing the guys the rules when I got back, and they're like, is guard legal? I'm like, oh, it's legal. But you're being pinned. You're being pinned, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if, you're, if you're in close guard, like, they just changed the rules where you can close your guard before you're not allowed. So it was funny. We went to this tournament in Philadelphia. It was like yeah, well, a Russian ref. So whenever like it was like a lot of people was like the first Sambo tournament. So people would dive in the bottom and get to close guard and close their guard. The guy would like walk by, slap the legs open, and get in their face and say, "Not this move." <laughs> <laughs> I forget the guy's name. He's like a big time Russian, but I forget. So yeah, I so ever since that camp, I just made a, a pact with myself to start from standing every class. Not pull guard and drill takedowns every class. Yeah. Oh, open mat, stand up. Yeah. That's safe on hop what? Uh, I'm not very good, but I'm better than before. I mean, I think your understanding has skyrocketed. Like the stuff we were talking about yesterday and like what you were talking with Eric. Uh, the I, Russian stuff that you show has been really useful. The Russian stuff Eric shows is right up the same alley. The Russian's like the cheat code to get jujitsu guys to do <laughs> Me and Eric is high five. Yes. <laughs> because it, it feels like... It doesn't have all the things you feel like you can't gain a, a later in life at wrestlers who start when they're babies. Who that, that level change penetration step, that blast double kind of thing. I'm like six foot three. I don't get. I, <laughs> yeah. I got to change a lot of levels. Like that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, I can't, I can't shoot, so I can't wrestle. It's like there's a lot of other shit you can do. There's a whole <laughs> thing, a whole spectrum so, of wrestling. That there's a whole sport that doesn't involve that shooting. Just <laughs> involves upper body. So yeah, just learning the things that. Did translate well. Russians, the ba- you know basic tie-ups, just working the fundamentals of wrestling. I think that was the thing Nelson and I were complimenting Eric behind his back. We didn't say yeah, to his face. That's, that's the best kind. That was uh, that he shows the the good strong fundamentals uh, that of wrestling that translate real well. Instead of spending half an hour trying to get penetration steps right. 
so because it's so hard to get somebody to do that right in just a short time when you only have a few minutes with them. But I, I had a wrestling, uh, he just moved away, unfortunately. I had a, a guy at my gym who was a wrestling coach, and he would be like, okay, guys, I'm going to show you some basic wrestling moves. I know it's kind of basic. I was like, stop apologizing for that. We need, we, like, you should be like, hey, guys, I'm really excited. We're going to do some basic wrestling. We're going to do yeah. some fundamentals and we're going to fix a bunch of stuff. And it's so even, much more valuable. Even like MMA guys. MMA guys need like basic fucking wrestling. They don't need that band stuff. He said when punches are involved, the basic stuff is going to work the best. Yeah. Uh, and then I would quiz him on the fun, crazy things because it makes him happy. Because I'm like, hey, should we ball and chain? And he's like, oh, man, no one's made me do that in years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I miss elbowing somebody in the spine. Oh. So we'll trying to do that. Spine. It, and just having to get over that mindset of how much work it seems compared to say something lazy like laying in close guard for six minutes. It's like uh, leg pummel is easy. <laughs> I can lay here all day. Um, and then it was just uh, really the thing I've worked on the most the last year was trying to un jujitsu all my joints. They're all busted up. Uh, just because jujitsu, I mean, all, all grappling sports are really bad for your joints in the long run. Uh, sorry oh my god no I'm not sure this is a huge surprise to everyone so just the last year I've been trying to get much more into just basic exercise really but with a focus on fixing all the common kind of crunched up hunched over tight hip things that every jiu-jitsu guy has and um, and just really valuing simple things like the jiu-jitsu with wrestling with the the health and the back and the spine that's my spiel nice so, so i just got done with five weeks on the road i uh, was over in denmark coaching some ufc fighters and working at the gym there doing a globe charters camp there and now doing this globe charters camp so i'm gonna do some serious couch sitting nice hanging out with For my rest. cats yeah i gotta turn my online shop back on and uh make some new designs start printing more shirts nice that's all I got. What you, Ollie? Um, I'm going back to PA for a day. Then I fly back to the UK for a day. Then I go to Sweden for a week uh, to rep- do a bunch of referee seminars there for the Swedish Judicial Federation. Then refing the nas- national championships over there. They've got a good gig over there, by the way. Sweden and a lot of the Scandinavian nations have a much clearer national field to it. They have national championships. They limit who can enter in and you know, when you're there, you're literally the champion of the country, which is relatively rare in American nationals and British yeah. nationals and stuff. And that, well, you don't make as much money, Ollie. Kind of stupid people, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, bit of that, and then I think I'm traveling around Europe a bit. Um, Going to be refereeing a few competitions here and there, and uh, trying to grow my association. Which, unfortunately, unlike you know Mr. Howder's model. Uh, that doesn't unfortunately involve bringing in huge amounts of money for doing nothing. Uh, <laughs> so our uh, aim of that is to basically spend time rotating around the academies who are affiliated, spending time with them and helping them grow and trying to make something bigger and more successful off the back of that rather than just chilling in my mansion. If somebody's thinking about coming <laughs> to a Globetrotters camp, like, what would you say to them? Pull the trigger. Do don't, it. Don't, don't be it. scared, homie. Yeah, don't be Do scared. <laughs> and... Christian sells out those camps fast, so you got to move on it. you got to uh, plan a good three months in advance. I mean, much. like, everything that's available for the rest of this year and next year that he has posted is sold out already. Wow. I believe. I think El Salvador camp is sold Austria out, right? Austria sold out as well, right? Austria sold out. I think El Salvador camp sold out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great thing. 
Uh, shameless plug. Me and yeah, Harry. do it. Do it. We're on a camp in Costa Rica, which is not sold out. Nice. Rollincostarica.com. When's that? No, no G. Uh, February 22nd to the 25th in a beautiful Playa Santa Teresa. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah, right? Yeah. Seriously. It sounds exotic. It might not be, but it sounds exotic. Yeah, like the mass are right on the beach. Uh, Beautiful property. Uh, Tom Brady got married right next door for you New England fans. Yeah, right? Can't be a bad place then. There's New England fans? (laughs) (laughs) Sick burn. Sick burn. (laughs) Tom Brady, here's some aloe in the mail. Uh, you got, is there anything like that you wanted to say that you were like, man, I wish this dude asked me this question, but he's an idiot, so he didn't, so... Uh, Say it. Speak now and forever hold your peace till we do it again. How do we get some Tortuga soap? Yeah, man. I'm going to send you guys some for sure. I'm going to send you yes. guys some Tortuga soap. It's going to make your jiu-jitsu better. Oh. Without a doubt. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And um, keep the ring warm away. Keep the, man, keep keep it all. Ebola, Zika, kills kills Everything. all that, man. Everything. 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 The previous statements have not been approved. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. There is a proven correlation between ring warm and the quality of your jiu-jitsu. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. damn. Correlation's not causation, but Sick I'd burn. agree, probably. There's like nothing. I heard you got ringworm not too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, man. Thank you guys all so much. I think we've probably got to go and get ready for Chris, and you guys have spent a we lot of time with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, Unleash the Chris. Thank you guys all so much for doing this, man. I appreciate man, it. Was, it was a thank lot of fun. You. Yes. Awesome. And I would like to come, man. If you guys want us to come down, i got other partners. We'll come down to your academy, and we'll do it or wherever you're Love at. It. Make man. it happen. Sure. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. See you later, world. Yes. Mic drop. Peace out. Boom. Mic drop.